Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem, so I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please, let me know if it helped you. Jeremiah 7, pray no more for these people. It's too late. God will not listen. A few days ago, I watched the video that's embedded at the bottom of my blog. and got to click on the link in the show notes to check it out. Pastor Tom Hughes read a message from a contributor who listed all the sins that people in America are committing right now from a corrupt government to rampant sexual immorality to abortion to lawlessness. He said, I cannot pray for God to bless America anymore. Then Pastor Tom quoted some verses from Jeremiah. One of them is in today's chapter. God actually tells Jeremiah not to pray for Jerusalem anymore, that he will not listen. He will no longer intercede for them. They were too far gone. Is America too far gone also? Will God's judgment soon fall on the U.S.? Has it already? Let's dig in. Jeremiah 7. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go to the entrance of the Lord's temple and give this message to the people. Oh, Judah, listen to this message from the Lord. Listen to it. All of you who worship here, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says. Even now, if you quit your evil ways, I will let you stay in your own land. But don't be fooled by those who promise you safety simply because the Lord's temple is here. They chant, the Lord's temple is here, the Lord's temple is here. But I will be merciful only if you stop your evil thoughts and deeds and start treating each other with justice. Only if you stop exploiting foreigners, orphans, and widows, 
only if you stop your murdering and only if you stopped harming yourselves by worshiping idols. Then I will let you stay in this land that I gave to your ancestors to keep forever. Don't be fooled into thinking that you will never suffer because the temple is here. It's a lie. Do you really think you can steal, murder, commit adultery, lie and burn incense to Baal and those other new gods of yours, little g-gods, and then come here and stand before me in my temple and chant, we are safe, only to go right back to all those evils again? Don't you yourselves admit that this temple which bears my name has become a den of thieves? Surely I see all the evil going on there. I, the Lord, have spoken. Go now to the place at Shiloh, where I once put the tabernacle that bore my name. See what I did there because of all the wickedness of my people, the Israelites. While you were doing these wicked things, says the Lord, I spoke to you about it repeatedly, but you wouldn't listen. I called out to you, but you refused to answer. So just as I destroyed Shiloh, I will now destroy this temple that bears my name, this temple that you trust in for help, this place that I gave you and your ancestors, and I will send you out of my sight into exile, just as I did your relatives, the people of Israel, or Zion. Judah's persistent idolatry. Pray no more for these people, Jeremiah. Do not weep or pray for them and don't beg me to help them for I will not listen to you. Don't you see what they are doing throughout the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem? No wonder I'm so angry. Watch now the children gather, watch how the children gather wood and their fathers build sacrificial fires. See how the women knead dough and make cakes to offer to the queen of heaven. And they pour out liquid offerings to their other idol gods. Am I the only one they are hurting? Asked the Lord. Most of all, they hurt themselves to their own shame. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will pour out my terrible fury on this place. It's people, animals, trees, and crops will be consumed by the unquenchable fire of my anger. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, take your burnt offerings and your offer on your other sacrifices and eat them yourselves. When I led your ancestors out of Egypt, it was not burnt offerings and sacrifices I wanted from them. This is what I told them, obey me and I will be your God and you will be my people. Do everything as I say, and all will be well. But my people would not listen to me. They kept doing whatever they wanted, following the stubborn desires of their evil hearts. They went backward instead of forward. From the day your ancestors left Egypt until now, I have continued to send my servants, the prophets, day in and day out. But my people have not listened to me or even tried to hear they have been stubborn and sinful, even worse than their ancestors. Tell them this, but do not expect them to listen. Shout out your warnings, but do not expect them to respond. Say to them, this is the nation whose people will not obey the Lord their God and who refuse to be taught. Truth has vanished from among them. It is no longer heard on their lips. Shave your head in mourning and weep alone on the mountains for the Lord has rejected and forsaken this generation 
that has provoked his fury. The Valley of Slaughter, verse 30. The people of Judah have sinned before my very eyes, says the Lord. They have set up their abominable idols right in the temple that bears my name, defiling it. They have built pagan shrines to Topheth, the garbage dump in the Valley of Ben-Hinnom. And there they burn their sons and daughters in the fire. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. So beware for the time is coming, says the Lord, when that garbage dump will no longer be called Topeth or the Valley of Ben-Hinnon, but the Valley of Slaughter. They will bury the bodies in Topeth until there is no more room for them. The bodies of my people will be food for their vultures and wild animals, and no one will be left to scare them away. I will put an end to the happy singing and the laughter in the streets of Jerusalem. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard in the towns of Judah. The land will lie in complete desolation. And it did for many years. That's Jeremiah 7. Why is God so angry? You know, I'm not a parent. But I can imagine getting angry when after telling a child that he or she shouldn't do something... And he or she went ahead and did it anyway. A parent lays down the law, the rules of what not to do. When a child disobeys, the child is punished. The Jews knew the law. They knew what pleased God and what made God angry. Yet they continued to do the things that God found abominable. Pagan worship rituals corrupt the way sexual immorality and sacrificing children to Molech, among other things. God sent Jeremiah to the temple where the people were. It was probably during the Passover. God actually offered them an out. Quit your evil ways and you can stay in your land. It was clear and simple. Pastor Sandy Adams comments, I quote, the tabernacle was in Shiloh for 350 years, almost as long as the temple stood in Jerusalem. In the days of the judges, Shiloh was to Israel what Jerusalem became after the temple was built. People pilgrimaged to Shiloh to worship at the tabernacle. Yet they made the same mistake in Shiloh that they would later make in Jerusalem. The spirit of God in the tabernacle rested over the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark was a symbol of God's presence. Yet the Hebrew people trusted in the symbol more than the spirit. When Israel went into battle with the Philistines, they sent the Ark out to lead the charge. Yet, instead of making them invincible, the ark was captured. When the high priest Eli heard the news, he fell off his stool and broke his neck and died instantly. In 1050 BC, Shiloh was destroyed and Israel defeated. Here's Jeremiah's point. The ark didn't protect Shiloh from God's judgment and neither will the temple save Jerusalem. Holy things don't make a people holy. Holiness comes from a humble, broken heart. And that's from Pastor Sandy Adams. Just because you go through the motions of going to church every week and perform all the religious rituals or sacraments, that won't get you saved. Holy things don't make you holy. I remember as a little kid, nine or 10 years old in the Bronx, walking with my mother to church. It was probably a Saturday and we were going to confession. We ran into one of the priests. I had gotten a tiny plastic statue of Mary and I asked the priest to bless it for me. He kissed it and handed it back to me. I stayed silent but thought, that's it, it's blessed. Don't be fooled. 
I've watched many a baseball game where batters kiss their crucifix as they walk up to the batter's box. A good luck charm is idolatry. Same goes for giving money and a prayer to get someone out of purgatory or paying for a priest to say mass for a dead person to lessen his or her time in a place that doesn't exist. Hate to tell you this, but if that person didn't call on Jesus before he or she died, if he or she didn't repent of their sins, they are in hell. Heaven or hell, that's the choice you have to make now before it's too late. I just found out a few minutes ago that a friend of mine from Florida passed away. She had cancer, COVID, and she was an alcoholic. And I had uh, I had seen her, oh gosh, it had to have been maybe about a year after I moved here to Arizona. So I'm going to say it's close to almost 16 years ago. And she was fine. I had no idea she had fallen into al alcoholism, but apparently she did after she learned she had cancer. I don't know if she was born again or not. So I don't know if she's in heaven or not. I pray for her daughter and our our friends that are gonna uh, my friends that are gonna miss her too. Um, I had lost touch with her, but it's a choice. Heaven or hell is a choice you need to make now while you're alive, while you're conscious, <sighs> before it's too late. Going on, is America too far gone? Is there no hope? God tells Jeremiah that there's no sense in praying for people who are doomed. Don't beg me to help them. Wow. The people were going through all the religious rituals, however, not worshiping the true God. No, they were doing them for the fake pagan gods, including one they called the Queen of Heaven. Doesn't that sound familiar? Pastor Sandy Adams, Pastor Sandy comments, quote, this was appalling to God. You offend him, then you assume he'll protect you. All of Jerusalem was worshiping idols. They turned into a they they turned into a family affair. Children gathered woods, dads made the fire, moms made the sacrificial cakes, and apparently the queen of heaven was a favorite idol among the citizens of Jerusalem. She was Ashtoreth to the Canaanites, Venus to the Romans, Aphrodite to the Greeks, Diana to the Ephesians, Isis to the Egyptians, Ishtar to the Babylonians, and Mary to the Roman Catholics. The Queen of Heaven cult was a fixture in the paganism of the ancient culture. Traces of this cult have trickled down today. Roman Catholicism assigns Mary the title Queen of Heaven. This exalts her far above what God intended. Mary was a good girl, not a queen, especially not queen of heaven, as if her influence extends to the heights of heaven. That's idolatry. Again, that's from Pastor Sandy Adams. Lighting candles in front of a statue of Mary and asking her to intercede for you is idolatry. Mary was human. Yes, she was blessed, but as human, she died, went to heaven. She too needed Jesus as her savior. Jesus is the only intercessor or mediator that you need between you and Father God. We cannot put things or people above God. Truth has vanished. 
God sent Jeremiah and the other prophets to warn the people of Israel to stop their sinning in idolatrous ways, and they didn't listen. He then sent his only son, Jesus, to them, and they still didn't listen. They killed him. Jesus relays this in a parable in the parable of the evil farmers found in Luke 20. And I have a link to that chapter in the blog. You want to click on over there. The killing of innocents, another despicable act, was the sacrificing of children to Molech. And Sandy Adams explains, quote, the Valley of Hinnom is east of the old city of Jerusalem. Today, it's a beautiful park with an outdoor stage, a place for concerts. But during the days of Jeremiah, it wasn't the sweet sounds of music rising up from this valley. It was the screams and cries of babies in distress. This was a place where the Jews had set up altars to Molech. The high places of Tophet was the site where the Jews offered child sacrifice to the Moabite god named Molech. Tophet means fireplace or incinerator. Molech had the head of an ox and the body of a human. He was made of brass with a hollow torso. His arms were outstretched. A fire was stoked inside the idol until it was red hot, glowing hot. Children were placed in the idol's arms while the priests of Molech beat their drums to drown out the baby's screams. And there's little difference to what's happening in our country today since Roe v. Wade legalized abortion, over 600 million babies have been sacrificed to the gods of pleasure and convenience. Many of them have been many of them have been literally burned by sailing abortion. All the while, pro-choice groups beat their drums and try to drown out the voices that would speak for the unborn. It's again by Sandy Adams. Then brings me back to the question, is America too far gone? Unfortunately, I agree with Pastor Tom Hughes's friend, the one that's in the video at the bottom of my blog. America doesn't deserve God's blessing. We were blessed and we blew it. Just like the Israelites did centuries ago. I will pray for the born again believers, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I know they, there are still some in the US Senate and Congress and the Supreme Court. I pray that they hold fast to their faith and keep standing for the truth and for the sanctity of life. I pray for the believers who are running for all government offices this year. I pray they too stand strong, unwavering in their faith. I pray for the Christian voters who choose to choose people of honesty and integrity. Some things that are sorely missing in government. I also pray for the seekers of the truth, those people like you who want to know God better, to get closer to him and to have a personal relationship with Jesus our savior. Keep studying the Bible. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what is the truth and what are lies. He is our discerning helper. Without him, we are on our own trying to figure it all out. By ourselves, we will get lost. By ourselves, we will be influenced by evil forces with evil ideas. Only God can give us the strength to say no. I stand with Jesus. Are you with me? And Jesus told us in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Let him in. What are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and comfort and hope of eternal life. 
you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your life. And again, check out the video in the bottom of my blog. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. If you're a born-again believer helping a Catholic friend or family member start reading the Bible, it's a great idea to give them one. But which version or translation would be a good one for them? There are too many to choose from. As a former Catholic, it helped me to have a Bible translation in plain, everyday English. And I know many evangelical Christians are very much attached to the King James Version. That's fine if that's what you grew up with. Remember, Catholics have grown up with priests and nuns telling them they don't need to read the Bible. All they have to do is trust the church to teach them what they need to know, only they don't, and that's the problem. When I first started going back to church, a well-meaning friend told me to get a King James Version. Well, guess what? I got frustrated with the these and thous and stopped reading it, totally defeating the purpose. Eventually, I got the new international version, or the NIV, And that was the best for a new Christian to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. Today, I also study from the New King James Version, or NKJV, and the New Living Translation, the NLT. I'm now an affiliate of Christian Book Distributors, and I've chosen three study Bibles that will be a great gift for that Catholic or progressive friend whom you'd like to help get into the habit of reading the Bible daily. They are also a great, they're also great for the new Christian believer. Check them out. The link is in the show notes. And by the way, all commissions will be donated to one or more of the Bible translating ministries listed on my site. So give the gift of the word of God and help spread the word while you're at it. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times, But know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, 
and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.